Hello, my name is Nick Hatton, and welcome back to another episode of the PS Plus, a Living Faith Bible Institute podcast that serves as a companion to another called The Postscript. Now on that podcast, pastor and host Brandon Briscoe each week speaks to other pastors and professors from the Living Faith Bible Institute on a wide array of topics. Here on this podcast, the PS Plus, we cover more focused topics in a series format. And today, we will continue to move through the current series that we are in, focused on the topic of biblical finance. This is our fifth episode in that series. So let's dive back into the Word of God and find out more about how it is and why God desires for His people to be interacting with their money on a daily basis. On today's episode, we're going to be tackling the topic of biblical savings, where we're going to answer some questions such as, does the Bible say that Christians should purpose to save portions of their income? And if so, how much savings is enough? Or is saving earned income for a Christian really just a worldly financial concept that's taken root in the lives of believers and corrupted the way they use their finances? So before we answer any of those questions, I will point out that every subject we cover moving forward in this PS Plus series will be covered while keeping the idea in mind that all of what a Christian chooses to do with their income should be action taken after they have prioritized God first in their spending, as it was covered in our previous two episodes. If we approach all of our financial options after having prioritized the Lord first in our spending, then what we continue to have with what's left over is more opportunities to be obedient to the Lord and how we manage the rest of our finances. Now back to what the Bible says about saving our income. Let's start out by answering that last question that I mentioned first, which is the idea or notion that Christians shouldn't be people who purpose to save any of their income because it's somehow a worldly thing to do that doesn't reflect self-sacrifice in our actions. Now, some would subscribe to this very belief that saving money for a Christian is not something that reflects godliness and finances, but this isn't actually the case. Now, for those who do not believe it is biblical to save income, one passage they might point to is found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 20 where Jesus makes this statement. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Now to use this scripture as a proof text for the idea that a follower of God should not be saving any of their income must ignore so much of the other principles that we see throughout Scripture, where God teaches and promotes the idea that there is wisdom found in the lives of those who choose to actively save portions of their income. Jesus is not teaching at this moment in Matthew chapter 6 that we shouldn't save any of what the Lord has prospered us in this life, but rather that True and everlasting riches are found in what comes after this life. And of course, his teaching is 100% correct. And if nothing else, 
it really helps us to stay focused on the true goal of saving income for a follower of the Lord, as opposed to the untrue goal of building ourselves a kingdom on earth. So to reiterate, a Christian should not save income for the purpose of gathering as much resources as possible while they are alive on earth. Rather, a Christian should be saving income for the sake of being prepared to support themselves in times of future need. One very important thing a Christian must understand in terms of responsibility and proper stewardship of what God has given us in this life is this idea or this notion that God has commanded us to be people that work. Proverbs 13.11 tells us this, Wealth gotten by vanity shall diminish, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase. So God helps us to understand by what we see in this verse that we are to earn through and by the action of work as his creation. And that's reinforced in verses such as 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, which tells us this, For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. So comparing scripture with scripture, if we think back to Matthew chapter 6, verses 30 through 33, where God tells us that if we seek him first with all that we have in this life, then all the needs we have in this life will be provided for. Well, when we look at these other sections of scripture along with that, what we see is that God's provision for his people doesn't come out of thin air. Unless we're obedient to the command to take part in labor, then we won't actually even have an opportunity to prioritize God in our finances. Because as we just read, if any would not work, neither should he eat. How we gather finances and resources and the way God dispenses them to us is that he gave us bodies to labor and to gather with. Although God promises to provide all that we need in this life, he also commands us to work so that we can earn his provision, so that we can then prioritize him with it so that we can then exchange that provision to obtain and take oversight of other resources that ultimately he did provide to us by way of our labor to begin with. So acknowledging that God expects his people to work helps us to see that God does want his people to have autonomy in how they support themselves financially. And being autonomous in those actions is the beginning of stewarding our finances well. Now, this autonomy doesn't end with simply working to provide for ourselves. It carries over into how we manage the provision of which the Lord has provided to us, which means that as stewards of everything that belong to the Lord, we will continue to take steps to provide for ourselves financially with seasons of future needs in mind. And that means that a Christian should be earnest to save portions of their income. And that's also something that scripture tells us plainly. Proverbs chapter 10 verses 4 through 5. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. He that gathereth in the summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. God tells us, 
when the harvest is produced from that yield, being a good steward of the resources that are produced will translate into being managed in a way that the fruit of that harvest can be made useful when there is no harvest. This means that we will set some aside. We will save some. Now, on the other hand, we see that for the person who sleeps through the harvest and who makes no effort to plan for that winter season, well, that person is a son that causeth shame because that person thought not about managing what God had provided in a way that would have prevented them from becoming a financial burden to someone else when times got tough during a season of famine and when the harvest was dead and gone. And in not planning for that by way of saving income, that person has effectively lost the autonomy that God wanted them to have when he gave them a body to work with in the first place. Now, in addition to those who make no effort to save any of what God had provided to them, oftentimes what this person's day-to-day life looks like is spending their income on whatever is right in front of them. Proverbs 21.20 tells us this, There is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spendeth it up. So not only does scripture tell us that someone who sleeps through the harvest is a son that causeth shame, but also that it is the action and business of fools to spend up everything we've been given on whatever it is that lies before our eyes. Haggai chapter 6 verse 1 says it this way, Ye have sown much, and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. God is telling and warning his people that we can appear to do so much and effectively still be in a position of having so little. That even at the appearance of having all our needs met, they still aren't met, as many operate from a place that's less than just getting by. And as we operate from that place, we use and manage the Lord's resources thoughtlessly. And what that results in, as scripture tells us, is an empty bag where our provision should have been getting stored up. But instead, it was falling right out of the hole that's in the bottom of the bag. And oftentimes, we cut that hole into the bag with our own hands. If we, as followers of the Lord, want to be sons that causeth shame, then we should take no thought about setting money aside. We should allocate no savings. We should position ourselves in a way where when the economy is tanking and when the work slows down or comes to a complete halt at that, that we have no plan as to how we're going to be able to provide for ourselves or our families in the season that we're in. It should be known, and it should be known plainly, Scripture does tell us to be saving portions of our income after we have prioritized God with all that he's given to us. This is one of the things that we can be doing with our income, with what's left over after the first of our fruits, that still brings glory to the Lord in our finances. And contrary to what some might say, it's not a selfish thing for a believer to do. 
It's actually self-sacrificial to say no to getting something that you want right now for the sake of being able to provide for your family or yourself when you know that at some point down the road, you're going to be in a position of need. So when that time comes, will you be able to remain autonomous in that season of life? Or will it be on someone else to help in what you chose not to prepare for? There is godly wisdom in saving our income for future needs. Now, it's also very much worth noting that as far as savings go, you can store up too much. And the believer can very easily make how much they save their idol in this life. Now, there are a few things that we know for certain in this life that we all live. And one of them is covered explicitly in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 7, which says this, For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And just as we read earlier in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 20, none of the treasure that we store up in this life is true treasure. That type of treasure can only be found in heaven, which is why we should ultimately set our affection on and live for it. So there is a line to be drawn. On the one hand, as God warns and instructs us, we should be prepared for seasons of famine by way of saving income for future needs. But our security and purpose in life should never be found in our savings accounts. At the moment that a believer's thoughtful preparation for seasons of future need have progressed into a love for obtaining and storing up as much wealth as humanly possible, well, it's quite likely that that person has begun the process of erring from their faith. And as 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10 tells us, what follows that is many sorrows. So although there is wisdom for saving future needs, it is of great importance that a believer understand that saving for future needs should never become a substitute for their reliance on Jesus Christ. We should be weary of all that God warns us of when it comes to this topic, both that humans have in them a propensity to plan for nothing and to want for everything in any given moment, and also that we have the same propensity to trust in our riches and to make feeble attempts to build ourselves kingdoms on earth, and ultimately, either of the actions that we just covered, that we are all prone to, will end up being our fall. So let's heed the Lord's warnings and instructions for our lives on this topic of biblical savings, and let's heed it right away. We should be diligent to save for future needs, and we should be aware of when those plans have taken a shape or a form of their own. And also let's be aware that through our planning for finances and in taking action to set some of our income aside as we earn by way of labor as the Lord intended, that we continue to have ways of glorifying Jesus Christ in our finances after we've prioritized him first in our spending. And on that note, we're going to conclude this episode of PS Plus. Continue to join us every other Wednesday to keep up with this series on the topic of biblical finances. 
where in our next episode, we're going to be looking into what scripture tells us about investing portions of the income that we bring in. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you next time. Take care.